Welcome to Broken Roads Radio with your host, Jason Zedlitz. I decided that I was going to try, I was going to go wholeheartedly in church. I wasn't going to put one foot in the world and one foot in the church like I used to. And I committed myself back to God and I said, okay, I have to have your help. And then I wasn't intending to meet anybody else because my husband had said, and once I got back in church, he was done with me. So we went through a pretty lengthy divorce, custody battle back and forth. And it was hard. It was very, very hard. And then I, when I signed the divorce papers, I knew that I kind of had some freedom away from him. And then I met my current husband. It was about eight months after my divorce. And I really wasn't ready for another relationship. But he has shown me love that I've never experienced before. And he cares about me, and he does everything with me front of his mind. He was very supportive of everything, but I started to have some medical issues. I decided that I need to get checked out because I've, I was having these like intense migraine headaches that just not would not leave me. So I went to the doctor and they said, well, nothing's wrong with you. It's just anxiety, it's just depression. You know, they gave me all these kind of pills and I said, no, there's something else. So I found this doctor that was really good and he really cared about finding a solution. So he ordered an MRI. Well, the MRI took a little while to get back and I was like, okay, it's no big deal. So I was like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Well, the doctor said, I need you and your husband to come in and we need to talk. So I was like, oh no. And this sinking feeling was in the bottom of my stomach. I was like, oh no, what is wrong? They told me that I had a pituitary brain tumor that all these headaches and everything. I was having other issues too, but the main thing was these headaches was because because of this tumor. They said, we don't really know what we can do right now because we gotta run more tests. We gotta do more blood work. We gotta, we gotta figure this out and it's gonna take a little bit. I said, okay, let's figure it out. We came home and we prayed and we said, okay, God, let's, we're bringing this to you because we don't know how to handle it. It's too big for us. Well, they did more tests and they, they came back and they said, okay, the good news is it's benign. We don't, it's not, it's not cancer, but we need to see if we can get it removed. So I went through more tests and more tests and more tests and more tests and more tests. I feel like I was doing tests for six or eight months. And finally, I had this one big test and they sent it to Austin and Austin came back, these, these medical doctors from Austin came back and said, there's no way that you can remove that tumor. So they, the medical doctor just decided to start 
all kinds of aggressive treatment, um, treatment to shrink the tumor. And they were, they were saying, well, you need to see an endocrinologist, you need to see a neurologist, you need to see a psychologist, you need to see all these different doctors. So I said, okay, let's go, let's go sign up to see all these doctors. So I did. And one doctor after another gave me one medicine after another medicine after another medicine after another medicine. When it came down to it, I was on 35 different prescription pills based on doctor's recommendations to take every single day. And I was not getting better. I was getting worse. I was losing weight like crazy. I was sleeping 14 to 16 hours a day. I was withdrawn from my family. If I was in the room, I wasn't present. I was somewhere else. And I was on this medication for about a year on a daily basis. And there's this one doctor that said, okay, we need to have this um, surgery done for your ear because you're, you're having all these sinus problems. We're gonna go in and open up the ear canal. But because you're on all this medication, we need you to get off of it because if you take this medicine during surgery or before sur right before surgery, there's no way that you're gonna wake up from anesthesia. So I said, okay, I, could, I will not take my medicine for, it was three or four days before the surgery. And I couldn't do it. I could not, not take my medicine. I knew that I had a problem then. If I could not go three or four days without not taking a single medicine, I, I, there was an issue. And the issue was I was, a, I was, my body was addicted to all the medicine. It was so used to having that, all those medicines in my body every single day. So um, I stopped taking the medicine and I, I dropped, I was dropping weight like crazy, like five, six pounds a day. And I called my dad and I said, I need some help because I am seeing people that are not there. And at that time, my husband was a truck driver and he was a million miles away. He could not, he could not get to me to help me. So my parents packed my bags and took me to the hospital to to get off of those medicine that all these doctors said hey you need to take it so you can get better I didn't know what I was in for because I didn't sleep I didn't sleep for seven straight days I was up day and night I didn't sleep I didn't eat my body was shaking all the time I was hallucinating I was in the hospital strapped to a a bed with three different heart monitors hooked up to me because they said that I was going to go into a cardiac arrest any moment because I was on all these different medic medications. And I kept telling my mom, I was like, my dad is at the door. Tell him to come here. And she's like, Jen, your dad's not at the door. There's nobody there. And I kept telling her, yeah, there's someone at the door. No one was there. And then the next day, 
it got worse. I kept seeing, and when I closed my eyes, I would hear Nintendo playing in my head. It's like Nintendo all the time. It and it. The doctors were explaining to me that my body was trying to rewire itself because of all the neurological medicine I was on. After I got through with that, getting sobered up and off of all those medicine, I just took it one day at a time. Just one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. And I started to feel better and I started to be a happy person. I started to be engaged in my with my family and I decided that I needed to take care of my kid, take care of my husband. And once I decided that everything was going to be okay, I started praying. I said, God, heal me. If medicine can't do it, heal me. And I just pray and pray and pray. And then I go, I get all these phone calls from MD Anderson and saying, hey, you need to go, you need to go get treatment. You need to, it's time for another treatment. It's time for another round of medicine. So I would get really nervous, but every time I'd go to church, God would always calm my fears and I would be and I would be okay. So my my next appointment is coming up in a in a couple weeks and I feel like that things are going to be different just cuz I feel different. And if it's not, I know that God's going to carry me through it. At um any of these moments, I know that you know there was a lot going on during your diagnosis and then taking all the medications and stuff but in those moments do you feel like do you ever feel like god forgot about you yes because i felt like i would pray and people would say oh you're healed you're healed you're healed and then the next day all these symptoms would come back and i felt like the more i prayed the further i got from god and even after i got off all that medicine I tried to pray, and I couldn't. I couldn't feel God. I couldn't even cry. And I'm a very emotional ch- person when it comes to church. But I could not. I could not cry. It was months before I could cry and actually feel God again because I felt like I don't know, almost like He was punishing me, even though I was doing what the doctor had told me to do because I trusted the doctors and. I wasn't trying to take all these pills to get any kind of high or anything like that. I was doing what I was told to do. But I felt like, okay, the doctors thought I was like a guinea pig. They were going to try to get as much money as I, out of me as I could, as they could, and they were just going to see what worked. And there's many times where I, I almost gave up. I, even with my current husband, I told him, I said, I had enough. I was ready to give up on life again. And there was a time where I was sitting in the bathtub and I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm ready to end my life. Just because I couldn't feel God in that moment. 
So when you were in the hospital and you were trying to recover, did you have any moments to where you were just like, like begging God to just show himself, just be there, just do something? Absolutely. I was begging God to show his, his mercy, his strength to me because I, I, I was lost. I was just looking at the ceiling and say, okay, God, if you're real, give me some kind of sign or give me some kind of peace because I, I, I was questioning everything about life at that moment. And I guess it was when my mom came over and prayed for me as I was laying there on the bed, strapped down, because they didn't know if I was gonna fall because I was shaking uncontrollably. And she, she came and prayed for me. And she said, peace of God, peace of God, peace of God. And that kept going over and over and over. So I felt like, okay, he's here. I'm just gonna make it through another minute, another hour, another day. Yeah, it's interesting how sometimes when we go through really dark moments in life, it's like we can't understand how God fails to respond. It almost seems like he just goes quiet. And it's in those moments I feel that that's what builds our relationship with God a little bit. Maybe our trust in God a little bit more. because it gets it gets shattered you know that that faith and that trust you know that that god i can i can give my life to you and place it in your hands and you won't let me down but then again we feel like he let us down and so i you know through through all of that and through everything else you went through i'm was there ever those moments to where you, you did, you felt like God just completely left, let you down? Well, I can definitely tell you that when my grandpa was doing everything he was doing, I felt like I almost questioned the existence of God because I was like, why does bad things happen to good people? Because I hadn't done anything wrong. And I just could not escape him. I couldn't escape these thoughts. I couldn't escape all these things that I was feeling. And when I was married to my first husband, I felt like, I felt like almost like I put all that on myself. Like if I hadn't married that person, then I wouldn't have been in that situation. And a lot of times people have told, a lot of times people think that and people have told me that, that, hey, this has happened because you married this guy. But I don't, I don't think so. I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I just think that when alcohol gets involved in a relationship, it becomes very toxic and it's very, there's always a downward spiral and it's never good and never ends good. And I stuck by him for 13 years and I always was trying to make it work, trying to make it work. But when me and my daughter got put out on the street, me and, me and my daughter was in 
a woman's shelter for a month. And I felt like I always went back to him because I felt like he'll change, he'll change. And he never did. The only person that changed was me. I got more mean. And I was not a, a good person to be around with because I was miserable. And then I was miserable because I had, God was absence, absence in my life. There was no going to church. There was no living for God. And there was no family prayer. There was nothing. God was not the center. God wasn't even in the relationship at all. We just kind of lived the party. This has been Broken Roads Radio. Stay tuned next week as we dive into even more amazing stories.